good afternoon, good morning, good evening, whatever time it may be, wherever you are. We want to welcome you to Rama's weekly podcast. My name is Craig Hagan. I'm here with Tony McKinnon, and we're in the Tulsa tundra, freezing. I mean, like I can close in the icebox. Mark a deep freeze outside. Yeah, I think so. I think somebody needs to call out Gore. This whole global warming needs a reset. Yeah, global warming is not working really well right yeah, now. Yeah, it's it, money's it, hit the it, it reset. It actually is 12 button. degrees today, so we finally got above 10. The heat wave nearly. Yeah, heat wave. I mean, you know, uh, last night I think minus 6 was the low and like minus 12 wind chill factor. So so it's cold. Now, yeah. you got to understand. So some of you guys up north are probably saying, well, that's just kind of normal. For, for, but it's not normal for our winters. No. Yeah, and so we're expecting an Another five or six inches of snow. Um, yeah, tonight. Yeah, again tonight. Might be snowing before we get done here today. Yeah, so we actually are in the middle of Winter Bible Seminar. Now, this program will actually air next week, next Tuesday. Mm-hmm. It'll probably be 60 degrees in Tulsa by that time. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. you know, that's just kind of kind of the, the way it is. But I, I, did, I did see a fella in my neighborhood shoveling snow in his shorts yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. That's a mindset, you know. Yeah. yeah. Some people have, have crazy mindsets. Yeah. But but anyway, you know, we're here freezing to death. And, you know, we want to hear from you. We're not really freezing to death. We're, we're, we're freezing to life. Now, there are, I mean, we're having pipe breaks and, yeah. you know, and all over the all over the city. But rolling all, blackouts. Yeah. Rolling blackouts, yeah. But actually all over the campus right now where, you know, it's, our our maintenance crew has been has been doing a lot this week yeah. they've been they've been moving snow and fixing pipe breaks and all kinds of things but you know we want to hear from you um it's podcast at rama.org you can you can email us let us know how much you like the podcast how much you don't um you know things you don't want to hear from you know hear, hear about and different things like that also follow us on on instagram and on facebook at Raymond Podcast, I mean, we will show some behind-the-scenes, some footage, and actually, um, our producer Cliffy Poo has been up here cleaning Grandma's attic. Um, <laughs> yeah, got rid of some organs. Yeah, I almost didn't recognize the yeah. place. I mean, you know, yeah. we even got a new candle here burning. I don't know. Yes. Same old couch, but he moved the couch. Yeah, the couch moved. <laughs> the couch moved. Yeah, it might have moved all, all by itself. <laughs> 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 anyway, it, you know, it's, it's cleaning up the place a little bit. So yeah. maybe pretty soon, you know, we'll be on. We'll actually get the, some video yeah. out for you guys, so you can actually watch us through the podcast. Soon as, soon as we get through doing the facelift on the room, Craig and I are gonna get a facelift. <laughs> then we'll be ready for video. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, but anyway. So you're doing well, though? I'm doing good. Yeah. 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 You're making it. You know, that's one thing. You know, we, we actually have four-wheel drive vehicles, so that every five years we might actually use them. <laughs> so that's what happens right now. So our guest today is Paul Cavanaugh. He's from Kinder, Louisiana, and um, he's going to tell us his Rama story and, and how he got to Rama and what he's been doing since Rama. How are you doing, Paul? I'm doing good. Yeah, so, I mean, I guess this is normal Louisiana weather for you, right? I mean, you know. Absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> now, are you originally from Louisiana? I am. So, so I am. You know, you're, you're not used to being here up in, in the in the tundra of Tulsa? No, I've never. Even when we lived in Tulsa, it wasn't ever like this. We had some snow, but it, this is like uh, Antarctica here. But but it's not that warm there in Kinder right now either, is no, it? No, no. It's, it's, I think it's record-breaking temperatures probably there, too, uh, yeah. with what's happening. But but it's probably more bearable down there yeah. than it is. It might be a little Absolutely. kinder in Kinder than it is here. Oh, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, <laughs> now, just for, just for our listeners, um, you know, where about, where's Kinder located, you know, 
in the Louisiana boot thing. So Kinder is, uh, if you, most people know where Lake Charles is. Okay, it's yeah. about um, Lake Charles, about two hours uh, to the west of um, Baton Rouge. We're about 35 minutes or so, kind of north um, east of Lake Charles, right up uh, in there. So just just north of I-10. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, how did you end up to become a Rama student now a pastor? Well, um, we had, uh, I got saved as, I was raised in church, but then, um, it, it didn't take for a while. And so <laughs> as a teenager, uh, I got, I rededicated my life and, uh, I happened on some, my mom had a lot of material, Brother Hagen, uh, tapes and stuff. And we, uh, we found those and cleaned her out of those promptly and began to look and, um, we uh, we started getting. I ran across the Word of Faith. I'm sure it was my mom or somebody kin to us that we got, and um, started seeing more material, more recent material. And uh, first started thinking, wait a minute, this guy's still alive, because the <laughs> tapes and everything she had was was real old. But uh, and uh, we just got begin to really get excited about the things of God. And the uh, we were dating at the time, Sheila, now my wife. Um, she heard about one of the Get Acquainted weekends, and that was in 89, and she wanted to come and check it out. Now, I was, I was following the Lord, but I think I was possibly just following her, too, when she came <laughs> in 89. I, I, she said at that time um, that she felt like she would come back one day and go to school at Rhema. And, um, so, so Sheila might have been called Rhema. You, you were following Sheila. I was, yeah, I, was called to, I felt like I was called to follow her at that time. And so... <laughs> But um, we got married a couple of years after that in 92, and uh, we actually, you know, had settled into our lives and um, been married for a year or so. And so, in, uh, yeah, because in 93 is when we ended up coming. But we, there was another couple that was praying about coming to Rama, and they came to one of the Get Acquainted Weekends, and they asked us, and we were just like, yeah, let's go. It's a road trip. Let's go. We've been before. And so we come, and... Uh, I don't know. When we got on the campus, it was we really had no intention of coming right then, and you know, anytime soon. Or I hadn't again thought about it that much. But we got on the campus, and then God began to speak to us. And by that end of that weekend, I remember we were sitting by the pool at our hotel and had like a notebook, figuring and budgeting and thinking, you know, what would it take to make this work? And we went back and uh, started making plans to turn around and come back. Hey Amen. You know, the story is actually quite common where people come to what we used to call get acquainted with Raymond. Now we call it Raymond college weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times they'll come one time and they actually want to attend school for two or three more years, you know, down the road sometimes. But, um, yeah. you know, for you that are listening out there and you want to maybe come to a Raymond college weekend, or, or maybe you can't make it that weekend. Um, but you want to just come and visit, you know, campus rbtc.org. If you'll fill out your information there, we'll have one of, one of our, our ambassadors, we call them student ambassadors, they'll give you a call and, and they'll set things up. And I, I believe Raymond College Weekend is um, April 9th, 10th, and 11th, Great. I believe. That's right. Um, you know, and I, there's just something about coming to campus here. Yeah. You know, yeah. I've heard you know, so many people yeah. said, you know, once I got to campus, there was something about going to campus. And some of you, maybe you, 2020 wasn't the best year, 2021's not being much better for you. You know, maybe God has a plan. Well, God does have a plan for your life, and maybe that does include coming to Rhema. Whether it's learning more about the Bible or whether you feel called to the ministry, you know, but a number of people I know that are actually in ministry today, when they came to Rhema, they didn't feel they are called to ministry. They, they just wanted to learn more about the, the Word, and, and it just turned out, you know what, 
that they were called to ministry, but they didn't find that out until later on, until once they got a hold of the word and, you know, the word changed their life. And, but I also think it's interesting, in, you know, for, for you to say at a young age that you started listening to some Brother Hagin's tapes um, or now CDs or MP3s, <laughs> um, you know, or, or reading his books because, you know, obviously Brother Hagin never um, – can be accused of being a youth minister you know, <laughs> or a young adults minister, you know, but, but I've, I've heard a, a number of people yeah. you know, that were in their, you know, you know, latter teens, early twenties, you know, and, and they said, I started listening to brother Hagen's stuff, yeah. you know, and it, and it is interesting because his, his, you know, he didn't really speak like he's speaking to, because most of my sermons, I, if I go to speak to your youth group, I'll probably speak the same sermon. Well, <laughs> and it's not like he was consciously trying to bridge the generational gap yeah, that yeah, we're I mean, so, so concerned about today, and rightly so. But but yet there was something about the the anointing on his life and his integrity and the delivery of the word that drew, I mean, no matter what age you were. I, I remember because I just kind of came out of doing youth ministry and started doing adult services more. Yeah. Um, and so I, I preached a message, and in that message um, – I talked about Britney Spears and Tupac. <laughs> All right, you know, and not too many ministers, you know, pull out Britney Spears and Tupac in their in their message, and and so I had this, you know, lovely old lady, you know, and she, older lady, let's just say, as we get older, just, yeah. she, she was in her late seventies and older becomes more yeah, lovely. Yeah, yeah. And so her late seventies, she said, "Well, that, that this minister to me so much," and I'm thinking. Do you know who Britney Spears and Tupac even is? I mean, you know, but, you know, it's, it's interesting, you know, how no matter what, how old we are, how we can, we can relate if we, if we so desire. But anyway, yeah. so you came to get acquainted. Now, how old were you once you, you actually made the, decided to come to Rama? Uh, we must have been about 22, right in there. We started in 93, graduated in 95. And uh, so in 93, I guess about 22 years old, somewhere right in there. Because we found out that most people are 26, not most people, but a, really? lot, a lot of fake people we've interviewed it, yeah. around 26 is for yeah. some reason, you know, m- maybe about that, year they think, you know, we better grow up and do something. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what it is, but it's just kind of, a lot of our interviews, it seems around 25, 26. Yeah. And so, which is kind of, um, you know, most people think coming to the Rambo, you know, you need to be 18 or, or 19 yeah. or, or yeah. whatever, you know, but, and we've had some people but we've had some people come in their 70s, but, you know, it doesn't matter how old or how young you are. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, what matters is was come more and more, with, more about the Word. Yeah. So, so here you are, I show up at Rama. Was everything you expected? or I mean? It was. Um, we were, you know, kind of what you were saying before. We, we didn't really, if you were to pin me down and ask me, I, I, I wouldn't say that I was called to ministry as far as a five-fold ministry. We didn't, we didn't think that. We just had a hunger for the Word. We felt like that was the next step. But if... Um, if somebody said you're gonna you're gonna pastor one day, I'd probably actually turn and went in the other direction because we weren't thinking that. We just had a, you know, we we felt like we needed more of a foundation in our life of the Word. I mean, we went to church and everything, but it was uh, while we were here, God did so much in us, uh, you know, in the classes and all that, and with the Word. But there was a whole experience that we look back now on. Um, you know, I know people come with different circumstances. Uh, when they show up at Rama, ours was one that was um, there was <laughs> ours was one that was an experience that we really had to use our faith and and we were learning about it, so it was put into you know applying it immediately and it was um it was a whole what we call the whole Rama experience um we there's lessons that we learned there 
um, that we look back on now that I really believe that I don't think we would be able to pastor. I know we wouldn't be able to pastor. We wouldn't be able to function in that capacity if it wasn't for that foundation, not just in the word, but the, the application of it, of using our faith and everything here. It was, uh, it was a total experience for and us. You had some pretty unique stuff. Would, would you work or something, if I remember correctly? You yeah. might want to tell us about some of that. We had... Um, you know, we ended up cleaning houses. Uh, we we had one car, and so we were, uh, you know, we needed our tuition and all this kind of stuff. And so we had experiences where we were, uh, we neither one of us really wanted to clean houses. It wasn't really my thing. Yeah, you mean we're still to clean houses? Uh, yeah, I still didn't feel not my called. Thing. I still feel no calling there, no anointing for it. But uh, not even clean mine. <laughs> I don't even make up my bed. But but we did it, and it, um, you know. It was an experience, like I said, but even in the middle, we ended up going through, uh, at the time y'all had, I'm trying to remember the exact name of it, I think it was called the Stomp Program, the uh, Stomp, or it was short-term overseas mission. Pro- program, yeah, 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 was it Stomp? Is that? Yeah. And, uh, I, I remember, the, I, I, I knew the short-term overseas mission, but I didn't know it was called Stomp, actually. But <laughs> yeah. I just had somebody ask me about that last week. Did they really? Yeah. Um, but y'all announced it one that was between, so it was the end of the year, that first year, and y'all announced it, and we got in the car, and um, we were driving off, and Sheila, my wife, she says... Yeah, during uh, that time, I was traveling a lot, so I, I, wasn't, I wasn't home a whole lot. So you were in the stomp program, too. <laughs> you know, well, I, I, I was traveling with Brother Hagen yeah. doing meetings. So. Okay. Um, but she, we got in the car, she said, "Where do you, if, if one of those places stood out to you, what, what would... You know, what would it be? So, well, they mentioned chili. It was missionaries there, Larry. Yeah, no, we're not talking about chili like you eat like I had last night for dinner. That was chili. that was once a week at Wendy's. And they had chili night. either. Yeah, they had chili night at Wendy's once a week. You pay 99 cents. So you went yeah. to the, the nation of chili. We did. We stayed with some missionaries. It was It was when we went. <laughs> Larry and Angela Lang, they were Rhyma grads, and they, uh, I think they're in Florida now, but they were there. And, but we did the warm-up. <laughs> I got tired of being cold, being chilly down there. But um, we. Uh, Sorry for you guys from Chile, they're listening. To the, yeah. We're not making fun of your nation. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, we cleaning the house. We went in the house uh, later that day. We're talking. I, I literally told her in the car. I said, "Listen." She said, "Well, do you think we're supposed to go?" I said, "Well, it's easy to find out because we don't have any money for it." I said, "Look, I got her by the hand. I said, Lord, if we're supposed to go, we're willing to go. But you know, we don't." I, I literally said in the prayer, "I said, Lord, we don't even have suitcases," and we got. We got to the house that day, one of the houses cleaning. We got done at the end of the day, and the lady said, listen, I was cleaning out some stuff, and I put some stuff by the door if y'all are interested in it. You know, we take any handouts, you know, whatever they put out, and so they knew that. And so we got by the door. I looked. It was some suitcases. <laughs> I looked. We looked at each other, and I said, uh, said, yeah, we'll take them. So we didn't say nothing. We went out to the car. I put them in the trunk. I said, I looked at her. So we're going to Chile. <laughs> God started sending in the, the finances to go. And, I mean, there, there's so many testimonies like that of how, um, you know, God moved while we're here. It was a uh, time we look back on, like I said, that was, was really special. Well, and also, too, now, now, you know, fast forward to being a pastor, you know, some of those things, experiences, you know, you, you saw God work, you know, you know, I don't use the word magic, but but, but work incredibly. Yeah. And while you're here at Raymond, it makes it a whole lot easier now. For you said, well, I, if he's done it once, he can do it again for me. You know, exactly. Yeah. Things like exactly. that. So, but but I do know, you know, it is, you know, whenever you're actually having to experience things. I mean, like obviously we teach faith here, you know, but a lot of people. I mean, a lot of our students, I know that they're they're believing God just for the tuition. I mean, you know, yeah. Um, you know, just just for, and, and so one thing I always try to instill into them. Is it not, you know, because sometimes they're, they're believing God for the next month. 
I'm like, don't believe God for the next month. Well, you believe God for two complete years. Yeah. You know, and actually, I tell people, I said, you know, whenever you get accepted, that's when you should believe God for two years. I mean, not just for next month or next payment. You know, and it, plus it takes more than tuition to to be here. But but uh, you know, I right. was, you know we, we we need to. Sometimes we kind of sell God short. We're like, okay, you know, Father, we thank you for two hundred fifty dollars so we can make our next tuition payment. <laughs> Well, well, that's good, you know, mm-hmm. but but why don't you believe God for, for, for the whole thing? Yeah. Because the Bible says if he calls you, he equips you. And so, you know, and part of equipping me is, is having, you know, having the finances in order to, to do that. But but I know my favorite class at Rainbow, everyone probably wants to know what my favorite class was. It was pastoral care with Tony Cook. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> And one of the reasons is is because my second year Raymond, I got put on the pastoral staff, and I, I was, you know, we were visiting the hospital, and we were visit, we, we were doing funerals, and I mean, the first eleven people I think of visiting the hospital passed away. Um, I mean, it, I mean, it, that's what it seemed like because Tony would only would take me to the to, to the tough cases, you know, the, you know, the ones where you got the whole family, and you know, the the someone's been given you know, only a few few days to live, and that kind of stuff, and so um. You know, I think you listen more whenever whenever you've um, had experienced yeah. it. Like, but you've got a context yeah. for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, absolutely. I, I, you know, and the one thing that I, I did it wrong when I first started was, you know, when you visit someone in the hospital, the first thing we normally say is, "How you doing?" <laughs> <laughs> well, how you're doing? Obviously, yeah, not doing very well. That's they're, the wrong they're, course. They're in the hospital, yeah. so. But I did find out, like Tony says, that it doesn't really matter what you say. They won't remember what you say. They remember that you visit them yeah. during their time. And how you made them feel. Sure. How you made them feel that you were there. Yeah. So that's what – so sometimes, you know, even doing hospital visits today, sometimes I say things like, well, I shouldn't have asked that question because I, I know how they're doing. I, know, but. <laughs> yeah, I had two staff members when I was pastor in the last church. I actually stopped letting them go to the hospital. Oh, really? They were like the angel of death. <laughs> if you got a visit from them – you better start planning the funeral. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, the deal is, is he, he, he took me to the – I didn't visit the people who just got their appendix taken out, that kind of stuff. I mean, it, it was always terminal cancer and all kinds of stuff. And I, like I said, at that time I was traveling quite a bit. And I, I remember I, I, I visited this guy named Bill. He, he had a – he had a – like a quadruple bypass, you know, so he was, he, I visited him in intensive care and he seemed to be doing really, really good, you know? And so I left, came back a week later and said, how's Bill doing? He died. I'm like, you know, I'm not laughing because Bill died, but I'm like, man, nobody can live with him. I'm not going to the hospital. But, you know, like I said, when you're a student and needing to use your faith, I mean, you know, yeah. it, it helps to learn about faith. So, yeah. So, um, Absolutely. so, so here you were, you, you went to Chile, um, with Chile, so that was between first and second year? Yeah. Yeah, All that right. was between two so years. You came back. So, so when did you kind of feel a call, or did you ever feel a, a, a call ministry? Or did, did you just... I, I still don't. You no, still I'm, don't? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, um, we, uh, we actually just always had a heart to serve in the yeah. church. Yeah. You know, we had a... You know, people are going in different directions when you graduate here. And you know how it is. We had people just, tell, you know, we're hitting the... the uh, evangelistic circuit we're going here to serve we got hired on a church we didn't have a you know a, a word so much as far as we need to do this we just felt like we'll just go back home and so we went back home and and served and uh the you know we've served in every capacity i think i, I haven't been on the praise and worship team and that's for everybody uh, that reason and uh and so that's about the only area though we served for years in different capacities and then um it just kind of, you know, led more and more to that. But I think we kind of 
had the feeling of always, I was kind of like, you know, I do not want to, you know, be the pastor. We just want to serve. We want to help. Um, it was never really something that, that I felt like this big call to do. I know you hear some people say, well, I knew when I was six years old, I was called I was to be a pastor. It was nothing like that. Um, it kind of, we kind of like grew into it. And uh, I'm, I'm kidding. I know we're supposed to be in that that place now, uh, depending on what day you ask me. But um, <laughs> but um, we uh, we started a church, the Grand Church, the name of our church, and that was uh, fixing to be 13 years now. Uh, we served as associates in a church for right at eight years for that, and uh, you know what that means, everything associated with the church, yeah. you know, so. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, you guys have to know that associate pastor doesn't mean that, you know, you know, every once in a while they might get a preach. But the majority of their job is like cleaning out the bathroom, yeah. m- mowing the grass. They're the they're the unsung heroes. Yeah. Our our associate pastor is yeah. awesome, and he just and then you know, if you can afford to pay a youth minister, then then he, he gets those jobs. Then <laughs> <laughs> the associate pastor gets a yeah. gets yeah. a bump. Yeah, the associate pastor gets a bump. You know, yeah. the youth minister always yeah. always gets all the because I always when I teach youth here. I always say, you know, you realize that you become a youth pastor. That means you're kind of like the janitor slash lawn boy slash, you know, maybe you, you actually get a move up. and the, You're just the errand boy. You, you can go around town and pick gopher. up stuff for the, for the, the, gopher. For the church yeah. and things like that. But, um, you know, it is what it is. I mean, people, you know, think the ministry is always some. Um, I'm like, you know, the majority of things that, that I do are, are not on the platform. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's that's like the minority of, of, of what I do. So. Yeah. You know, but people don't realize. So, so you started the church. Um, you know, you've been going for you said eighteen years now. Thirteen. Thirteen years. Um, we actually, Rob, we went through kind of a rough time in between that. Uh, we briefly quit ministry, and um, it was just through hurt, a lot of hurt and stuff like that. And uh, it was really through um, RMAI. We 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 had been connected, but uh, Pastor Carl Benton, he's our director over us, and he reached out to us and um, really was key in helping us through that time to where we even continued in ministry and uh from that after that started the church and uh, so, so you went from almost getting out of ministry to going to pioneer a church yeah yeah, yeah we it, it was uh it's pretty wild ride there for a little while but you know that's just how the devil devil is I mean, yeah he, he, try, he tries to talk us out of discouragement um, discouragement yeah. because he doesn't he doesn't want you to fulfill what he's called you to do you know and, and a lot of times too i mean you know like I said, that's why John ten ten. I, I I read it all the time. You know, yeah. the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And, you know, he'll try to destroy your dreams, your visions, your you know your your call. Um, you know, before you get started. And I believe we are living in the last days, and so it's you know it's um, it's important to just. I think also important to stay connected as well. Right. Well, that's, like, like you're yeah. talking about. You know, you know, RMAI, That's Raymond Mineral Cereal Association International. And you know, I think it's very important for our graduates to come back here. This happens to be our homecoming week, you know. Yeah. Here, and I do understand, you know, this is we've had some real adverse weather. Some people, because of the, you know, COVID restrictions and, you know, quarantine yeah. things, you know, they haven't been able to come. But you know, like I so said, if you can't come, at least we're online. You know, yeah. You know, you can virtually be there with us. You know, and plus you might can stay in eighty degree weather while we're up freezing, um, you know, in Oklahoma. But um. <laughs> You know, it's. I think it's important to stay connected, and, and it was it was because of the connection that got you refired and re back into the ministry. We were um, we we went to the the yearly meetings they would have, and if they had more, sometimes twice a year we would go to that, and um, so there was that connection there. I can honestly say, if it wasn't for that connection, 
with the alumni, we would not be in ministry. Um, it was uh, in talking to to uh, Pastor Carl when he found out everything that had happened. He said, "Well, you you know, you're going to have to start a church." And I said, uh, "I don't. Um, I got a lot of anger, uh, a lot of stuff going on right now." And I said, "I don't. I'm not starting a church." And he said, uh, "I really." He was kind of forceful with it. First, he said, "You have to. You know, you have to start a church." I said, "I, I don't actually." And he said, <laughs> he said uh, "Well, you, you need to. You're right, but you need to." And I said, "I don't know how to start a church." He said, uh, "I'll help you." I said, "I don't want to start one." He said, "I'll help you." <laughs> and um, he really helped walk us walk us through that process. And um, if it wasn't for that connection, and uh, he was he was getting back and forth with Rama and talking to Pastor Hagen, I, I, I now know. Um, he, was, he was involved, yes, sir. Yeah, he was involved in it and with helping to get us back on the right track there. And um, But if it wouldn't have been for that connection, we've, we've become a lot more connected since then. But if it wasn't for that connection, you know, you can go for years. We went to the meetings. You know, you're busy. They have these meetings. You go. Somebody usually talks. You eat some gumbo, at least where we're from. And this happens. And, you know, you, you, make, you, you have these relationships, but there, a lot of them aren't that deep because you don't see these people that often, maybe. That's kind of how it was for us. But we kept that connection. If we would not have done that with the alumni, like I said, we wouldn't, we wouldn't be in ministry. And, and who knows, you know, from that because you, you take that kind of turn. Um, you need somebody to kind of help walk you through it. Well, that's that's a power. We call it the Rhema family. Yeah. You know, when you come here and you go to school and graduate, and perhaps if you were to enter ministry and then carry credentials with Rhema Ministerial Association International, we have 18 regional directors throughout the continental United States uh, and Alaska and Hawaii, and then also have about 80 district directors. And that uh, the pastor that Paul's talking about is one of our district directors down in that area, and and so there's always somebody there to connect to help. But but you had to do your part to at least maintain that connection, uh, yes, and it and it's it's a powerful thing. I'm telling you. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, and the the thing about it is, um, you know, the thing about you know Pastor Carl. I mean, he had his own church and pastor. And, yeah. and, and, Got two. You know, yeah. Know, yeah. Plus, <laughs> yeah. Plus, plus, other ministers to take care of. But, 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 but he was willing to do whatever it took to, yeah. to make sure to see you reconnect and, and and back into into full-time ministry where you needed to be. Yeah. You know, and you know, and I do thank God for for our our, our good you know regional directors, assistant directors, and, and other other people who yeah. aren't even directors sometimes just just want to help mentor. Yeah. You know those folks because it, you know that's what it takes sometimes. And sometimes sometimes it's it's holding people's hands. Sometimes it's maybe being a little more forceful. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and that's you know, and knowing you, know, you always have to know what to do and. You know, once again, following the leading of the spirit, you know, yeah. in order to to do what what we need to do, and and, I, and I, I'm assuming that that you know, Carl Carl knew some things that you guys might have not have known. Oh, he, you know, about, absolutely, about, he still does. I can assure you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and and so you know, he he helped you, and you know, obviously, um, you know, I know it's been a bed of roses there in Kinder. You know, you'd never have any hurricanes or anything. Oh no, <laughs> it's just it's wonderful. I mean, there's perfect weather all the time. Yeah. Um, but that that brings up, you know, these hurricanes that hit Hurricane Laura, and I believe it was September. Six weeks later, Delta, I think it was called. We try to forget their names, but they're locked in. Hit again, and uh, it was the same situation. I, I can't even. I was keeping a list of names for a while, but all the Rama people, the pastors from guys I don't even know. Yeah. Just got my number somehow through the alumni all checking on us. Some of them sent money 
uh, some of them just a word of encouragement. But um, Greg in Panama City, there, so yeah. like an hour on the phone with us because they lost. He said their he, he specifically said he said I want to pay it forward. He said I've yeah. been through it the year you know the yeah. year, before, year prior, and he says I want to people help me. I want to help. I want to help them. Yeah, he spent like an hour on the phone with mm-hmm. us and just said you know anytime you want to call, but with like some of the insurance stuff and gave us some ideas of direction to go because that can be a mess and um uh, i mean just just guys all over yeah. there's a long list i haven't even you know i've said thank you to him but i want to call him again to say thank you because we're on the other side of it now um we're still you know repairing but yeah. uh that connection meant so much i mean we're talking more about that our next episode um you know but once again if you're out there and maybe you've been through transition or, or you know, maybe you've been praying about what god has for you next rbtc.org check out Rainbow Bible Training College like I said if you'll go to rbtc.org fill out the information we'll have one of our student ambassadors um, give you a call talk to you about Rama, talk to you about you know what Rama is and what we do set up a time where you can either come to Rama College weekend or you can come for a visit but but you know what you know we know God has a plan for you and, and we hope that Rama might have a you know, might be part of that plan, especially if you feel called to the ministry. But even if you don't, if you want to learn more about the Word of God, there's no better place you know, to, to learn more about the Word than RBTC, Rhema Bible Training College. So we're going to end today's broadcast like we end every broadcast. At Rhema, we're bringing hope, help, and healing to the world.